Thanks be to God. We had some fantastic preaching while I was gone, uh, and I was able to hear most of that on, online uh, one way or another, and I, I'm so grateful for uh, the ability to, to be gone and know that y'all are in such incredible hands. So I especially thank Jess Wakefield for all he did in my absence, um, not just preaching, but, but leading and guiding the, the, the church in many ways. Um, and I know uh, uh, Dan and Amanda had um, great sermons. Actually, uh, Dan's sermon last week um, mentioned that you are encouraged in worship to stand and high-five each other and hoot and holler and amen, and so just feel free to carry that advice right on into this Sunday. Um, and uh, actually, um, part of Dan's sermon last Sunday, and actually uh, one of Amanda's sermons a, a few weeks before that, um, got me thinking about what I wanted to do for the next three weeks. So for the next three weeks, we're going to talk, keep this conversation going about worship. And today I want to talk about the purpose of worship, and then next week I want to talk about the community of worship, why it is we come together to do this. Uh, And then the Sunday after that I want to end by talking about the form of worship, like this weird process of hymns and prayers and stuff that we do, okay? Um, But this morning I want to just start by talking about the the purpose of worship, why um, the main activity of the Christian faith, why people all around the world today, some of them at risk to their own lives, are gathering to do this. So I thought a good place to start um, might be, since we're good Presbyterians, with the the Westminster Catechism, the the sort of summary of faith that um, people of our tradition have used for generations. Uh, And many of you know that the the Shorter Catechism begins with a a, a question, and the question is, what is the chief end of man? Uh, And the answer, some of you may know, the answer is um, the chief end of man is to, anybody remember? Glorify. Glorify God. Yeah, you got it. Okay, good. Um, the, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Okay? We're actually going to say it together. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. I, I, I love that as a summary, not just of worship, but of, of what we're here for. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. However, this worship thing is a little bit weird. It's a little bit weird to get together and, and sing songs and pray prayers and tell stories about God. Uh, partly it's weird because the God that we know in Jesus is this unbelievably selfless God, right, who literally um, left heaven and became human for us died on a cross for us, who literally went to hell for three days before He came back from the dead for us. He is the, the epitome of selflessness. So it's a little bit weird that the God that we know as perfect selflessness says, hey, why don't you guys get together and sing me some songs, right? Um, and and it, I don't know if you ever felt this way, but it can be a weird idea to say, hey, we're going to get together and we're just going to tell God how great He is all day long. Is that really what God wants from us? This God who's totally selfless? Uh, C.S. Lewis talks about this. I, I, I spent a week um, in Montreat studying C.S. Lewis, and you're going to hear like just so many C.S. Lewis quotes. It's going to be awful. Um, but, but C.S. Lewis talks about this a little bit, um, and, and he connects it to our, our general idea of enjoyment. Uh, remember, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. 
so think for a moment about some of the things that you enjoy, not related to your faith. Um, maybe you enjoy a really good meal. Maybe you enjoy playing or watching a team play a sport. Uh, maybe you enjoy time with your family and friends. Maybe you enjoy a really good joke, right? Um, and, and Lewis says part of your enjoyment is uh, celebrating the thing you enjoy. He says it like this, um, the most obvious fact about praise, whether of God or anything, had escaped me. I thought of it all in terms of compliment, approval, or the giving of honor. I had never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise unless shyness or the fear of boring others is deliberately brought in to check it. The world rings with praise, lovers praising their mistresses, readers their favorite poet, walkers praising the countryside, players their favorite game, praise of weather, wines, dishes, actors, horses, colleges, countries, historical personages, children, flowers, mountains, rare stamps, rare beetles, sometimes even politicians or scholars. Sometimes. I had no, not noticed either that just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that magnificent? It's a really interesting idea for me that part of our enjoyment of something is celebrating it. Um, my uh, kids are um, really into this very Christian video game called Halo right now. Um, and uh, part of their enjoyment of it is talking about it. And so we, I mean, John and I had an enjoyable conversation for about two hours uh, driving to Madison yesterday about this video game, right? Um, why? Because when we enjoy something, we like to praise it. We like to talk about it. We like to celebrate it with others. In fact, Lewis goes further and he says, um, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. It is frustrating to have discovered a new author and not be able to tell anyone how good he is to come suddenly at the turn of the road upon some mountain valley of unexpected grandeur and then have to keep silent because the people you care for, the people with you care for it no more than a tin can in the ditch, to hear a good joke and have no one to share it with. So interesting for me that, that somehow praising things and enjoying things are inseparable. And so too, I think, Praising God and enjoying God are inseparable ideas. That it's not just that God wants us to come and sing songs to Him so He feels good about Himself, um, but rather we enjoy and love God, and when we do so, we can't help but worship. It just happens, like we celebrate everything else in our life that we enjoy. Sometimes this happens kind of effortlessly, uh, I, I was in Montreat, North Carolina, a week and a half ago, and Montreat's a real special place for me. It's where I came to know Christ. And so I, I drove into the gates, and I just felt like I was on holy ground. And I, I got to the, my hotel in Montreat, and um, there was an orientation event that evening um, that I was invited to for my C.S. Lewis class. 
And I was told there was also going to be a hymn sing, um, which is just what you would imagine, people getting together and singing hymns. And they were happening at the same time. And I was like, there, you could not drag me to an orientation event. I'm going to go sing hymns. Uh, and so it was me and, I don't know, 40 of people I never met before gathered in a hotel lobby and there was a piano and a whole bunch of hymnals and we just called out hymns and sang them. And it was just wonderful worship. I mean, I just felt close to God and close to these strangers. Uh, and there were times where somebody would call it a hymn number and even before we sang it, we'd look it up and we'd say, oh yeah, I can't wait to sing that one, right? Um, this is the same experience, like before we sang the song, we were already enjoying praising God. The same experience my dog has when I say it's time to go for a walk, right? Even before the walk, he's jumping around in circles like an idiot at the front door, right? Um, we, we just have this enjoyment. So, sometimes that just happens naturally, right? We just enjoy God. And so, of course, we want to praise God. We praise what we enjoy. Sometimes uh, it's not as effortless and I can imagine there have been some times in your life, never in mine, but some in yours maybe, where um, on a Sunday morning you woke up and you said, ah, church sounds like a lot of work. I don't know if I want to get up and get dressed up and sing all the songs, and it just seems like a lot of work, and I'd rather stay here and have my coffee and read my book. Uh, and in those moments, um, it, it takes some effort for us um, to um, prioritize worship and praise and remember it's where we find enjoyment. Sometimes it even feels like an obligation, like something we're supposed to do. Uh, and, and there are times even when an encounter with God um, can sometimes not prompt that sense of enjoyment and praise it's supposed to. So I, I um, came across a video this summer. Um, it's, a, it's a skit by these guys named Key and Peele, do a lot of comedy stuff, and it's a skit about uh, this Bible study group that's in prayer. And I just thought you needed to see it, so let me, let me share that with you. Father, please hear our prayer for the poor. Thank you, Father, yes. We beseech you for the disenfranchised, the less fortunate, and, and those that suffer. Yes. Show us your will so we can continue to do your work. Yes, yes. I come to answer your prayers. Listen carefully to my instructions. I want you to sell everything you own and immediately begin service to the poor. want to clarify um to everything yes rid yourself of all earthly possessions probably remember this, but this is uh, a joke, but it's based on a scripture verse, right? Remember the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and says, what do we need to do to inherit eternal life? And 
They talk about the commandments, and then he says, one thing you still lack, take all that you have and sell it and give it to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. And what does the rich young ruler do? He, he goes away sad because he was very wealthy. Uh, sometimes what God invites us to do um, is, is selflessness, and, and we're not ready for it. Sometimes God calls us to be like Jesus and we say, hey, we're not ready to be like Jesus yet. That's a bridge too far. That sounds too hard. Uh, uh, That doesn't inspire me to joy. It inspires me to panic, right? Uh, I'd rather believe it's a ghost than the Word of God. Uh, and, And Paul talks about this a little bit in Romans. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. See, um, it requires some transformation um, for us to always see God's call in our lives as good news. It requires some renewing of our minds for us to see and think, oh, God's invitation to be selfless is a cause for enjoyment and praise rather than a cause for panic and, 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 and fear. Uh, and and uh, yeah, it, it's hard um, to become like Jesus, but we have some tools that help us in this process of transforming our minds. And, and Paul connects them in this passage He says, before he tells us to renew our minds, he says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship. Paul says, worship is one of the most important ways that we learn to to renew our minds, to transform our idea of what is good and what is not good into the idea that God has of what is good and what is not good. Paul says that somehow um, worship is, is like, it's like practice, right? It's like practice so that we can come together and discern um, the good from the bad. Nobody intuitively gets up and says, boy, um, exercise is really fun, and I want to eat some Brussels sprouts this morning, and um, boy, I saw somebody on the side of the road, and I'm in a hurry, but they're way more important than the meeting that I'm getting to, and that person insulted me, and I want to love and bless them instead of insulting them back, right? That, that stuff isn't intuitive. It takes work. We have to train ourselves. Like, a musician learning music, like uh, a doctor learning surgery, like a, a, a sports player learning their sport, right? We practice and practice till we can renew our minds. And the most important practice we do is worship, is this process of coming together and together saying the most important thing in our life, the only thing worth concentrated attention and praise is God. And I want to find joy in the life that God has for me. I want to find joy in the life that God alone invites me to live. There's a weird story in 2 Kings we read today. Um, It's the story of these three kings going to Moab, right? They're going to war. And apparently they are bad planners because after about seven days, um, they're on their way to Moab and they've run out of water. There's no water for the army. There's no water for the animals. They're in a lot of trouble. And so they go to the prophet and they say, hey, help us out. Can you talk to God? And the prophet says, well, 
Two of you guys are idiots, but one of you guys is pretty faithful, and so uh, I'll ask God on behalf of Jehoshaphat. Um, and we get a really interesting response. God says, make this valley, make this wadi, this dry riverbed full of ditches, full of trenches. Um, I was going to spend a lot of time talking about why I think it's make and not I will make, but just, just trust me, we don't have time for that. So it is. Um, God says, make this valley full of trenches. And then he says, um, you won't hear the wind, you won't see the rain, but all of a sudden, um, water is going to come in this valley, and it's going to fill up all those trenches that you dug. And I love this idea that God says, hey, I am the source of enjoyment. I am the source of joy and life and peace. Um, the, the, the springs of eternal life that Jesus talks about don't come from us, they come from God. Um, but our job is to dig some trenches, right? To dig some trenches so that when the life and joy and peace, the invitation to selflessness that Christ calls us to comes into our life, we're ready to receive it, right? We've, we've got a place to capture the blessings of God. And, and I really am compelled by this idea that so much of our lives are about um, establishing habits, right? Digging trenches, um, digging these ditches that direct our thoughts and that sometimes um, we dig them intentionally or unintentionally and we get stuck literally in a rut, right? And we just can't get out of it. Uh, sometimes the trenches are great. Sometimes they distract us from great things. So this summer, we had a little more um, uh, free time and, than we normally have, and so my wife and I decided it would be fun to rebuild our deck. And so we, um, we tore our deck off, we moved some of the studs around, and uh, then we rebuilt the deck. And we're not done with the railing yet, but we've done a lot of work. Um, in that process, it had some unexpected consequences for members of our family, particularly for um, the four-legged member of our family whose name is Riddick. Okay, so I got a couple of pictures. We should put that first one up. So you can just tell in the back, there's Riddick. Um, he's on the steps of the porch, and you can sort of see the deck is disappearing, right? We're running out of, uh, out of wood here. Um, if you've been to my house, in, in the, the backyard, there's a, there's a deck, there's a sliding door that opens on the deck, and there's little steps that go from the deck into the yard. And for his entire life, Riddick has always gone out the sliding door, crossed the deck, down the steps, into the yard, Right? Ten times a day he does that. Um, so he got a little panicked when the deck started disappearing. Um, so uh, here's Riddick um, just trying to figure out what he does. He can't quite figure out how to get on or off the deck right now. Um, and I, I wish I had a picture of this. I don't. But go one more. Um, th this is when all the wood was gone, right? So the, the joists are still there, but the dog is not capable of walking across the joists. So there came a day when we, were, um, we had all the wood off, and Riddick had to go outside. So we have a little side door in our garage that opens in the backyard. We've never put him out before. We put him out the side door. He was fine. He went out and peed. Uh, and then we called him to come back in. What do you think he did? Well, yeah, he went and stood on those steps, and he stared at that glass door, and he wagged his tail. Um, so I'm standing um, at a separate entrance to the house, and I'm calling him, Riddick, Riddick, come here, boy. Come on, buddy. Come on, Riddick. And he's just um, wags his tail a little bit harder, and he noses his nose closer to the top of the stairs, and he just stares at the, the door. So I, I walk out into the yard, and I'm like, I'm like really close to him. Hey, buddy. And he looks at me, and he wags his tail, and he looks back at the door. So I grab his collar, 
And I pull him off the steps, and I start walking towards the side door, and he's like, oh, I've done something wrong, you know. Uh, and I, we walk three or four steps. I let go, and I keep walking the door, and I turn around, and he's gone. You know where he is? He's back on the stupid steps. So I had to literally grab his collar and, and, and drag him all the way in the side door. It's happened like two or three times before he learned that he could go in the side door, right? Here's, here's the point, right? We all do this, right? We all get in a rut. We all get in a particular way of thinking about the world. And it takes an enormous amount of effort to dig a new ditch, right? To, to dig a new trench, to think of a new way of being um, that, that isn't the way we used to think. That's what worship is about. Worship is about digging new ditches, right? It's about getting us out of the old ruts of what we thought would bring us life and joy and coming to believe, no, it's God who brings the water of life. If we will just come and, and dig the ditches, right, and, and say, no, we believe that what you think matters matters. No, we believe that kindness and courage and faithfulness uh, are more important than power and respect and money. If we come and say, hey, we believe that the selflessness that Jesus modeled for us perfectly on the cross is who we want to be instead of the selfishness that everybody on TV seems to say is what's going to bring us happiness. If we just dig those ditches, God will come in His timing and bring the water. God will fill us up with the joy and the peace that we are desperately in need of. We don't engineer an emotional response in worship. It's not about us getting the water. It's about us preparing by digging the ditches. Worship is the most important digging we do. Um, worship is the place where we begin to say what really matters to us, where um, we are reminded about what is ultimate and beautiful and worthy and righteous and great and what by comparison is transitory and less valuable. Worship reminds us that the politics and the politicians and the celebrities and the sports and the money and all the stuff we obsess about is fleeting and God and His kingdom is forever. That culture and corporations and civilizations and the very rocks the earth is built on are mortal, but we are not. Sometimes uh, in worship, we dig those trenches and we see them filled immediately with God's life and presence and joy. Sometimes it takes a long time to dig, but that's our job. We dig other ways, by the way. Uh, we we are going to be reading through the Old Testament major prophets starting tomorrow. Reading the Bible is one of the ways that we dig those trenches, right, to, to reestablish um, what our true values are in light of God's Word. Um, we serve the poor. We, all kinds of things that we do, um, but worship is that central one where we determine um, what it means to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. And the goal, ultimately, of our worship uh, is that we would find such enjoyment in God that we praise Him effortlessly, right? that it is the instinctive desire of our hearts, uh, that God's goodness and, God, and blessing God becomes more important even than God blessing us. I, I've told you an old story before, um, probably based somewhat in truth, um, the in the Presbyterian Church, we have an ordination process, and at the end of that process, a potential pastor has to stand before uh, the presbytery, a large group of pastors, and they ask him any theological question, or her, any theological question they want to ask, 
right? And there is a traditional question that many pastors used to get asked, which was, are you willing to be damned for the glory of God? It's an interesting question, right? They're basically saying, um, are you in this for the good that God will give you? Or even if God didn't give you any blessings, um, would you still want to bless God? And so the story is that there was a young pastor who was being grilled by the presbytery and all these um, pastors who'd gone before him. And after about an hour and change of interrogation, an old pastor got up in the back of the room and he said, young man, are you willing to be damned for the glory of God? And the pastor thought about it for a minute and he said, yes, sir, I am. And in fact, I'll go a step further. I'm willing to see this whole assembly damned for the glory of God. It's not a question we'll ever be asked, right? Because uh, part of God's um, identity is that um, He chose to be damned for us. That only one man has ever been damned for the glory of God. Um, And yet He, for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and today has taken His seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus models for us exactly what worship should look like, exactly what selflessness should look like, exactly what we should look like. And our goal is quite simply to keep digging ditches, to keep coming back and celebrating and worshiping and loving God, to keep working on the renewal of our mind until um, we get to the point of being like Jesus, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Let's get digging. Thanks be to Him. Amen.